I'm Megan and welcome to Winging It. It's here that we challenge the common misconception that everybody looks like they know what they're doing. Here we will break boundaries in the industry and bring us together as creatives. We will chat all things creative confidence, imposter syndrome and creative journeys. Thank you for joining and enjoy the podcast. everybody. Today's guest is the wonderful Matt Voice, who describes himself as your friendly neighbourhood type animator. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, really good, thanks. Could you tell us a bit about what you're up to now at the moment? So, yeah, I'm basically like a freelance type designer and animator. Um, I work from home, just in this kind of back room that you can see right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I kind of work for clients across the globe. Um, quite quite often the time it's in America, quite a lot of American clients. Um, and yeah, I get hired to sort of animate type and, and create typography that kind of comes alive and can be used in social media, in TV and adverts and marketing, kind of anything really. But um, yeah, if it's if it's lettering and it moves, kind of I'm your guy for it. Nice, nice. What is your kind of your educational background? So I, if I go back a little bit, I did my A-levels. I did terribly. I even got <laughs> a got an E in art, um, did E of A-levels and then went to college to do design because uh, I was always kind of better at design. And it was, it's kind of something I, I, I felt like no pressure over doing. It was mm. just easy and it kind of flowed. Uh, did a couple of years at college, then went to Sheffield Hallam Uni to do uh, just general graphic design. Kind of did uh, different sort of areas of design within uni. Um, only did a little bit of motion design. And at the time, I didn't really like it. Kind of mm. wasn't really something that I wanted to progress with or or really enjoyed. So I kind of sacked it off. Uh, and then, yeah, I kind of left uni, did all right. Um, wasn't really my kind of thing because I liked creating stuff that just visually looked quite nice, but yeah. it didn't necessarily always hit the brief at uni. Mm. Um, so yeah, I kind of scraped for university and then uh, got out and tried to freelance for like six months whilst I was looking for agency mm. or studio jobs. Yeah, I kind of was doing like really random mascot designs for like futsal mm-hmm. companies and uh business cards and things like that like sort of really kind of simple design jobs um but I knew I wanted to be in an agency because I wanted to get some sort of industry experience and Mm. see what it was like to work on different brands for clients like day in day out all at the same time Mm. so I looked for a job for a while didn't really kind of land anything tried to find some jobs in London um but I started applying for things I didn't actually really want to do they were still within the design industry but they were kind Mm. of like really corporate and they just kind of weren't my thing so I eventually landed a job in a marketing team for a college in Nottingham mm-hmm. literally doing like prospectuses course flyers things for like uh, the tutors really mm-hmm. um, spent a little bit of time there like 18 months kind of learning in design and sort of getting some getting sort of like grips of the programs yeah then I started to look for agency jobs and my girlfriend at the time who's my wife now she was based up in Leeds Mm-hmm. So 
she got on a grad scheme up in Leeds and I heard from people and just on social media that there was a couple of really good agencies in Leeds. So I applied to them, didn't have any luck, <laughs> eventually did get a job for a smaller agency called Little Agency. Yeah. Um, spent like almost two years there just kind of messing around and just sort of, again, learning different agency work and client facing roles and getting that kind of experience. But at the same time, some of the jobs I was doing was just kind of web-based design. It wasn't something that I kind of wanted to go forward with. So in my personal time, I used to sort of animate and just sort of illustrate typography and lettering. Um, and so I kept doing that throughout sort of agency roles until I got my last agency job at a place called Analog up in Leeds. Mm -hmm. And there I kind of worked with uh, like higher end brands like Universal Pictures and Netflix and yeah. MTV. So it was really sort of stepping up that client work. Um, and at the same time, practicing my own stuff and really focusing on my own skills and seeing what I could build with that. And then, uh, and then yeah, I spent like two years there and eventually left to go freelance last February, March. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm like a year and a half in and uh, I absolutely love it. Going back to kind of your, whilst you were at perhaps maybe uni, you mentioned mm. that... Um, you like to create things that were really beautiful and I can I can really relate to that because that's how I felt and I yeah. I felt a lot of pressure that lots of people around me weren't like that they they mm. wanted to create something with a purpose or yeah in branding and I felt like a really big outsider that I was much different to that so I wondered if you could maybe expand on that and maybe how you got through it and how, how to maybe push those projects at uni yeah so I, I too felt like a bit of a kind of outsider at times because I'm not not I'm not kind of like the most social of person so mm -hmm. I kind of attended the, the bare minimum of lectures and just sort of <laughs> scraped by creating stuff that looked cool yeah. um but yeah I always I kind of stayed stayed true to that and, and mm -hmm. tried to keep um in my eyes it was if it wasn't always matching the brief I, I thought if I can create stuff that looks like visually nice and if I can get paid to do this one day then it's kind of worth it now putting in the time and skills to try and to try and build on that because mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was going to like leave uni I just assumed mm. I'd probably go into an agency a design agency and go from there I never kind of thought I'd kind of go at it freelance really mm. um and then yeah I again I, I did sort of I tried to do my best with briefs and really try to apply myself and I still did kind of focus on the outcome of the brief, even if it kind of wasn't nailing it. Um, and yeah, I, I was kind of fine with, with kind of, I guess, scraping by, like I'd, I'd spoken to the designers and I knew people who were kind of older than me that had, had been in that position, had been to union. They didn't necessarily do really well in all their modules and course mm -hmm. grades. And, and in all honesty, by the time you get out of university, no, if, if you, if you're going for the right sort of agency role or, in an agency that doesn't hold sort of a student's grade to them as it's like that's their worth yeah. it's about what they can like creatively output um then they're the kind of best roles and best places because no agencies that really that are really looking for uh, i don't know they, they shouldn't be sort of focusing on someone's grade like a two one yeah. or a first like that doesn't that should definitely not define you as like a, a design graduate because it's yeah. it means nothing it really doesn't it's what you can create not not sort of that one number that nobody ever asks for an agency role yeah definitely I definitely agree is was that kind of your motive to get to maybe freelancing thinking 
this is what I really enjoy I really want to animate type one day I could get paid for this is that kind of the motive you got to where you are now because I think for me it feels really daunting to leave uni to think that I might have to place myself in these agencies where mm. it's maybe not something that I'm really passionate about yeah I mean I, I'd never I never ever imagined I was I was going to go and be a freelance designer and sort of have my own business I say business just kind of myself but um yeah I, I never thought I would actually do that I I used to think it was probably going to be too much hard work like mm -hmm. how on earth would I get constant project work like just how would it all kind of work um and I, I guess after a couple of years in agencies and after sort of seeing what it was like um I, I worked at a few places where you were kind of pushed in different routes so like yeah in the last place at Analog, they had kind of like a really good setup. Like they sort of helped you decide on where you wanted your career path to go. So for me, the the two kind of different sides they had were sort of creative director and mm -hmm. sort of an art director. So yeah. the creative director route is where you keep sort of managing your craft and keep sort of building on your own skills, but you start to manage people and you start to sort of give more feedback. And you, yeah. in a sense, luckily at Analog, they didn't work like that, but other places you sort of lose the design role you stop designing you start just looking at work and feedback um and then the other side was the art director route where you focus on yourself you take on feedback but you become the best version of what you want to do on your route of whatever it is you're designing um, and I was always the art director route because I didn't like managing people I liked just focusing on myself and building my own skills and yeah. trying to be the best that I could be um, and, and not to say like if you're going down like the creative director route that you're not going to be the best you can be it's just mm -hmm. that was just kind of my path and my kind of viewpoint on it yeah um so I always knew especially in the, the later years of agency work that mm -hmm. I didn't always want to be in an agency because yeah. mostly you, you're gonna as you level up you there's not many agencies that sort of have these sort of solid art director roles mm -hmm. so I'm gonna have to eventually probably go down the creative director route and I will be managing people whether I like it or not yeah. uh, I really didn't want to do that so I thought about looking um you know when I was kind of taking on like extra freelance jobs like could I look at being some sort of like freelance art director going to different agencies and, and seeing how that kind of works and it, mm -hmm. it kind of got to the point where uh, because I was especially during lockdown I was posting sort of my own type experiments and yeah. practicing and flexing these kind of random skills that I was learning um I was posting this work out there and I was getting inquiries in, but I was having to turn down these like really amazing opportunities because I was still working full time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I did do this for, I kind of, I did like freelance on the side of my agency work for like three years. So by the time I did actually leave to go freelance and thought, you know what, I've got enough, mainly enough capital behind me that mm -hmm. if it all goes wrong in the first six months, then I can still pay my mortgage or my rent yeah. or whatever it is. And I can probably, go and find another agency job somewhere because I've got the skills and I've got the sort of the experience now um so yeah it was it was it's kind of like I had years of practice before I actually mm. went and did freelance and kind of tasted it without doing it fully because I was working full-time but then yeah kind of when I when I, I, I launched into it and went full-time it's just like yeah it's just like pure freedom and sort of creativity mm. really I wondered if um being a freelance was kind of what you expected it to be like because I think especially as a young person looking at freelancers from mm. uni it, it's got a really bad reputation sometimes yeah actually, I think the pandemic has changed a lot and as you said it gives you a lot more freedom I just wondered if 
freelancing is everything you thought it would be or it's not actually as bad or sometimes yeah it be stressful yeah <laughs> uh, it, it, it can be a little stressful especially if you haven't sort of like a quiet period but um yeah it's it, it kind of has really changed because before the pandemic and before COVID and everything I always saw freelancers as people that worked in different agencies within the studios and within the offices mm -hmm. for a short period then moved on to another place and I didn't necessarily want to do that um I just didn't like I was when I was at Analog I was very comfortable in the team that I was with yeah. and I I'm not the most forthcoming person so I didn't really fancy like going to these different agencies and mm -hmm. trying to make new relationships over and over again every other month yeah um so that kind of sort of kind of like put me off a little bit but then yeah when the pandemic came in and and I think people realise that he can freelance from home yeah. entire in like in all its entirety. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that kind of like changed its sort of sway in my mind because then I realised like I can work with these agencies and these brands. I don't actually have to go anywhere. Um, it can all be done from home. So mm -hmm. that was kind of like a, a kind of really positive thing that I, I didn't have to feel like I needed to go to these different agencies. And yeah. if I can get into a spot where I'm getting work, where I don't have to go in or they don't expect me to go in, mm. then that's the better route for me because I don't want to accept these jobs where they're waiting for me to come in and, and kind of do that and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of different. I guess the uh, it's stressful sometimes, but I, I do sometimes miss the the sort of the the feeling of being within a team. Like mm. in my, my last role, it was like working with a bunch of mates and, you know, some days when you're having like a bad project day or you're struggling to get yeah. into something, if you're at home on your own, there isn't anyone mm. there to give you feedback or to sort of, send yeah. stuff to I mean you can you can email stuff if you've got friends in agencies and get that feedback but it's not the same as just feeling sat next to one of your mates and being like you know can you just have a look at this and see what you think um yeah. Yeah. so yeah I guess there's that there's that loneliness side which can creep in if you are mm -hmm. working from home all the time which is kind of what I do but it yeah, just that's... comes with the territory that's a really good point because I feel quite lucky that one day I might have the option to be freelancer especially yeah as a woman and things that I might want to do mm. later in my life yeah. but I think it's really important to recognize maybe how you work on those bad days and I've I'm quite very similar I do need those um those that input from peers so I think mm. it's interesting to think at maybe different stages of your life when you might need those teams or when it's okay to work on your own yeah yeah I'm, I'm definitely and and it's it's funny because when I I had two the two sort of main references of freelancers that I know of when I was uh when was I when I was in my first job and then when I was in like my second job they were both female designers and mm -hmm. one was a designer who came into the marketing agent not the marketing agency came into the design team at the college and she freelanced there and just did yeah. a couple of days here and there and she was super friendly super nice and she seemed like she had it all under control mm -hmm. and then another time was a sort of a guy that I went to uni with that was on my course that has worked in a few agencies um every time we used to sort of catch up after uni like face to face mm -hmm. he always used to tell me about this this female freelance designer he worked with and and just how she kind of made it work and yeah there was these these sort of two I yeah. don't know prime examples of female designers who were just mm -hmm. unbelievable at freelancing and just showed that you know you can really make it work and you you can sort of apply yourself and it's mm -hmm. It's definitely a possibility, yeah. for sure. I also wanted to ask you if you believe in role models, um, because I feel like 
especially I've always known that I've loved type but when I was at uni I again I felt like an outsider so mm. it was only until I found people's work like yours online where I started to feel that I was I wasn't alone and it wasn't strange what I was into and I could actually pursue it I wondered yeah. if you believe if that's really important to have that sort of work out there for people or even if you had anybody to look up to yeah I, I, absolutely I mean when I was kind of leaving uni I tried to sort of I was really inspired by designers who they weren't just doing sort of typography. They were just like yeah. older creatives who I think I found just on sites like Dribble and Dribble mm-hmm. used to be a bit more popular and yeah. these different websites. And they were like these really key designers who were really good at what they did and they had their own style, their own craft. And yeah, they were, they were kind of constantly putting work out there that I felt really drawn to. And I always, always thought like I would love to be able to sort of create this and, and kind of, and, and do this and, I think at times you can quite easily get put off when you're you're kind of messaging like I used to message some of my design heroes and even this is before sort of Instagram became sort of what it is now but um I never got replies and you know yeah. messages were read and just never replied to and it was mm-hmm. it's sometimes it can be like a bit heartbreaking it can be a bit like yeah. a, a dent on your confidence and yeah. all you're asking for is like a little bit of I don't know um I think what the word is but um you know just not even feedback just some sort of um human connection or whatever yeah, it is like exactly. a message or a, a like or anything yeah. so um I've I've kind of been there where I've tried to do that or I've tried to get that from designers when I was sort of finding my feet before I was in the world of type and did get anything back and it was yeah it was a bit of a hit so kind of now I'm getting into a position where I'm kind of kind of like in one of those roles now where yeah. I have people kind of messaging me I try and spend the time and reply to comments reply to messages and try and give as much feedback and sort of information as I can um especially to sort of younger creatives because I've been there and I've I've been in the shoes where I didn't know what I wanted to do I felt like I was just floundering I Mm. I knew I could design but I just didn't know what I wanted to do so yeah I've been there and you know I know what it's like so I try to sort Mm. of give that support network and be be uh, I don't know have that support network on my side I wondered if you ever had, especially in that's those sorts of situations, if you ever had um, moments of perhaps maybe imposter syndrome where you think, why are they messaging me? Or <laughs> yeah, I I mean I really did, especially in like the first kind of six months of of posting my sort of animated type out there when it started mm-hmm. to sort of explode a little bit, um, and then it, it it definitely when I started to get sort of job inquiries for like these massive brands and. Mm-hmm like trying to juggle two two projects for like these global companies at the same time and yeah I, I used to have to kind of have to go on a lot of walks during lockdown and just try <laughs> and calm down a little bit because it was kind of like I just used to constantly tell myself like there's no way I can do this like yeah I'm not I'm not gonna be able to do this and then mm-hmm. a few months later you look back and it's it's all done it's all completed and you kind of you, you kind of get through it but yeah I mean I it's been quite nice recently because I've had less imposter syndrome just because I've just been focused on my own on my own work, but yeah. it's it still comes and it still hits me in waves sometimes when I'm doing certain projects and especially when uh I've been sort of set a brief and everything I do to me doesn't look like it's visually very good or it looks like it's yeah. I don't know, it looks like it's rushed or just not up to scratch. But then, you know, the client or the brand might absolutely love it and I guess mm-hmm. that kind of sort of hides the imposter syndrome once again. But um yeah I mean I I literally still get it now and it's sometimes it is hard to be especially when you are sort of freelancing on your own 
Yeah. What what advice would you give to people that suffer it? Because I think it's really easy to hide that, that people go through it. That's what this podcast is all about, mm. trying to talk about it. Um, yeah. But apart from going on walks, is there any kind of other things that really help you get over that? Yeah, I, I tried to sort of message people that I knew were in like a similar kind of role to me or yeah. I, even that I'd been on the same course with me who were in agencies who I, I know could sort of give me some either some honest feedback or, don't know, just kind of like reassure me. And I mean, during lockdown, especially this is when it was kind of all hitting. Um, it was all over Instagram or emails mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So um, that really helped me in just trying to build out my own support network within like the design community just through people that I knew or yeah. people I'd, I'd sort of worked with or had experiences with yeah. um that kind of really helped sort of I don't know I guess ground me in a way um yeah. and kind of just bring it all back and and show myself that like you know it's 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 okay that you're feeling like this it's perfectly normal in a way yeah we we even had that um on our course whilst I was at uni we were all really encouraged to stay in contact with each other and we thought it was yeah. a little bit bonkers whilst we were yeah, there yeah. actually now we've all spread out and gone to all these different places it's mm. really comforting to get that message through from somebody who sends you a job application that they think that you might be really good for yeah yeah just to say oh, I'm having a really low week or oh what do you think of the start of this project it's it's really nice to keep in contact with those people I think yeah definitely and, and you know they're all in you're all in the same boat at the end of the day you're all especially for people that you've been to uni with and that are on your sort of course level and have, have you've been to uni with, like they are going through the same thing as you or they have been through. It's nice to have that that support there. And it really does make a difference if you can have some sort of kind of connections because you can't, you can't go at it alone most of the time. You need, yeah. you need help and you need other people there with you. I saw an interview um, that you did uh, not that long ago um, about your opinions on um, design awards. Mm. Um, I wondered if you could expand a bit on that because whilst I was studying, I didn't win any awards and not in a really selfish way, but that came as quite a shock to me and it really deflated me because I did have that experience when I was at sixth form. I was yeah. that person who was who did win everything and was at the top mm. of the class, got to uni, completely different, and it really, really knocked my confidence. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, used, I I still do kind of feel like this, but um, when I was at uni, there was, like, the DNAD awards, and yeah. it kind of felt like they there was, like, 130 people in my course, so there was a lot of people yeah. in my year, and it felt like, uh, like 10 20 of them were, were kind of handpicked to go to London to be mm-hmm. sort of have their work shown at the festival yeah. and the event and it felt like that became like a massive click and that the it almost felt like sometimes like they were like the 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 golden children in a way they were like the yeah. best of the best and everyone else was kind of just like I don't know looked looked down upon um so that kind of like really sort of put me off trying to go for anything back then like I wasn't tr- ever trying to I thought I kind of just trying to try to sort of sit in the mindset like um, I'm kind of happy with my own work and if it doesn't need to be sort of approved by an award or by an accolade for, yeah. for someone else to tell me that it's good or that it's okay so um, for a long time I kind of just stayed away from them um, and then kind of yeah I, probably like two three years ago I kind of tried to enter a few 
um, some of like US based awards just for like general designing. Um, mm. And I was, I felt really confident one year because I'd, I'd done work for like Disney. I'd, I'd done yeah. all these cool projects and I thought, you know, like I've, I'm surely I'm going to get it this year. Mm. I was really confident and I didn't get it. Um, and I was absolutely gutted and I kind of then really swore off um, any kind of awards or, or anything really. And this was back when I was just kind of doing sort of general design with a little bit of motion type work and still trying mm. to sort of decide what I wanted to do with everything. Um, and yeah, I was, I was kind of really pissed off and I just thought, um, you know what, forget it. I'm not going to bother doing any awards. Like I'm not, especially never going to pay for any, like going to pay mm. an yeah. entry fee to put my work in. Like what's the point? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of stayed like that for, for years really. And just kind of didn't really enter anything. And I used to have my, my bios on my websites used to be like a non-award winning designer just to mm. sort of put it out there that like I haven't won anything and to show that you don't need to win anything to kind of be successful um and funnily enough it's only this year that I've won an award and it's <laughs> just for it's just for typography it's for like a the type directors club in America and yeah um it still hasn't changed my mind on awards like I'm really happy to accept it and mm-hmm. really happy that I've kind of seen my work in the field and it feels much more specialized in in kind of my eyes for what I do um but yeah, I'm still I'm still down the sort of mindset of you don't need you definitely don't need awards to be successful, and mm. it doesn't. And the amount of awards that somebody gets doesn't define anybody. Um, yeah, and people do label themselves as like award winning designers, and at the yeah. end of the day, that doesn't necessarily change anything. It doesn't bring you anything mm. extra. Yeah. People who are like award winning have probably worked on the same clients as the people who aren't award winning. Mm. So it's never like. It's not not to say it's not something to boast about because it's great if you if you win awards like it's definitely something to be proud of but um, it doesn't make a difference and I think if you haven't won any don't let it sort of get you down because it doesn't change things in the long haul especially if you're doing work that you like an award's yeah. not going to change anything for you. That's really refreshing to hear because it is an interesting idea for design awards because when I felt deflated and I really thought about it it's interesting to think that they're subjectively chosen who mm. who wins that like art and design is so subjective and I it's interesting to think oh would there be a different um outcome if there was somebody else more? yeah yeah but um yeah I definitely relate to you I felt really deflated um when I didn't win um, yeah. there were lots of people who were the same sorts of people who were winning but it's really ironic in a way because it makes you feel like your work or your passion isn't right not even necessarily mm-hmm. good enough but it's not right yeah. and you think that oh well that work is winning awards that's what I need to be creating yeah, and it yeah. kind of is strange because in the creative industry it's so amazing that there's so much variety out there and it's really ironic that the design awards make you feel like you should be creating the same thing as other people yeah it's it's not like the, the path that you want to sort of be put down or the mindset that it's kind of really healthy really um mm-hmm. and and to be honest I used to feel the same about not being featured on like uh like design websites like things like yeah. it's nice that and I always wanted to just wish to be featured on these things and um that used to get me down as well which is kind of similar to awards like feels like you're not good enough but Mm. it's really not not the case at all it's normally just one or two people's opinions that have got your work there yeah definitely apart from design awards and things like that have you ever experienced any particular challenges perhaps in your journey so far or pitfalls that you can really remember yeah so I'm I'm kind of still trying to do this at the minute it's just kind of 
trying to balance different sort of workloads and mm. especially because I'm a freelancer is deciding how many projects to take on at the same time and yeah trying to trying to say no to some things because I literally don't have enough hours in the day whereas mm. I'm still on the mindset of if I say no then someone else is just going to do it um and they might get told they might be told to do it in a style very similar to mine so it's kind of like yeah. I need to kind of take it on and do it for myself because mm. if I don't someone else will um so I'm still kind of trying to sort of balance through that and I'm not really into using um like project management softwares or anything like that um it just yeah. hasn't really ever worked for me because I don't normally have that much going on that I need something to sort of manage how many projects I'm on um so yeah I'm still trying to kind of work around the pitfalls of maintaining my workload and trying to not work every hour of the day because when you when yeah. you do go freelance and when you, you have your own business you think you're going to work less and it's completely opposite you mm-hmm. work twice as much yeah you have to work work for it were you ever a, a what if thinker especially as a freelancer like what if I don't take on that opportunity what will happen if I do this and instead I wondered if that's perhaps the challenge as well in itself choosing yeah yeah it really is and I, I, I still kind of am like that at times especially when it's a especially when it's like a really good project or mm-hmm. I'm already on like a, a solid brief but then this really interesting project comes in that's going to clash like yeah. I constantly do think like oh what if I did sort of just take that on as well and work double the mm-hmm. hours or whatever it is um and yeah I don't know I, I get you don't really know until you until you do it so I'm yeah. just kind of still dipping in and out of that and and trying to sometimes do it and and learn to say no as well to just to give myself a mental break but um yeah it's still a bit of a, a bit of a challenge to to kind of imagine you know mm. what what if I did do this or what if I changed that and uh, it is what it is at the end of the day you don't know unless you do it and if you if you don't do it there's no worth there's no point sort of dwelling on it for weeks and days because it's in the past yeah exactly I think there's a big power in saying no and noticing what's probably mentally much more healthier for you yeah, or what you want yeah. to take on. So yeah. Definitely. I wondered if you could perhaps talk about your advice that you were talking about in another interview about um the idea of practicing because I absolutely hate this word because it was such it was such a, a strong hate for me whilst I was studying because yeah you usually see finished work in front of you mm. and you automatically assume that these people can do it overnight and they're instantly amazing I yeah, wondered yeah. if you had that experience of feeling like that or you could give some advice about how you got more confident with your animating type yeah so I it's I guess goes back to when I first sort of did motion design like I spent ages on this kind of piece at uni mm-hmm. first time I'd sort of done animated stuff um, and I was really I had really high hopes for myself really high expectations and then uh, yeah like the final thing it was just it was absolutely horrendous and <laughs> I've, I've kind of always I, if, ever, if ever I do like a, a kind of talk where I'm showing slides I always put this animation in just to sh- kind of show people that like this is kind of where I started and this is yeah. how it kind of used to be um and then yeah like again for me like the whole practice thing really came out of lockdown which is mm-hmm. it's kind of different kind of different now because you know things aren't like that but because of lockdown because I was just on the I was just on like the sort of knife edge of 
finding my feet with with animating lettering and yeah. discovering of kind of like how much can be done with it and the possibilities of it <coughs> um yeah that that when lockdown came in because I wasn't commuting and because I wasn't uh I don't know I you just had more time obviously mm-hmm. in general so I'd I'd spend like at least at least like an hour or two every single day mm-hmm. just illustrating typography which is something that I've always done even before I knew motion because I always liked illustrating and <coughs> excuse me and I couldn't always illustrate cool characters or really complex sort of illustrations mm-hmm. that I saw other successful designers making so I always used to think like well, I'll, I'll just illustrate some typography because it's quite easy to illustrate it's yeah you can just write out a font and customize it um and then yeah because I kind of had that illustration side and because I was trained as like an illustrator in different agencies but then picked up these motion skills it was kind of like combining those two things into one mm-hmm. um and it was like if I keep practicing this and if I if I you know this is just the the the, the sort of the that the tip of the iceberg for what can be done like I'm in, in a I'm in like a couple of months in here learning about animated yeah. type then you know maybe in like a couple of months I'll it's something that I can maybe sort of start to get paid for if it's pretty mm-hmm. popular um and you know things started kind of did start to prove popular with like Instagram stickers like I started to get loads of views and that would then pick up traction for agencies and getting more work and that then made me want to practice more and eventually it was like if I keep practicing at this then I'm definitely gonna be able to get more paid jobs for it yeah and that was kind of like the fuel for making me practice it was like this this could be a career here if I keep mm-hmm. doing this and if I keep training myself so I kind of forced myself into it over lockdown doing yeah. it every day so for like I don't know like 18 months other than I mean even on weekends because we weren't going anywhere like uh, you know my, my, my girlfriend is my wife should be should be like exercising and I'd be on the computer for an hour just making a sticker or doing some animation mm-hmm. those sort of little time like keyframes of time sort of really start to build up and yeah that then sort of like led me to where I am now and mm-hmm. and you know I, I guess it, it I still sort of see work from people and think that probably took them like minutes and I'm trying mm-hmm. to work out a day on how to do something yeah um but I've I've kind of been there and I've 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 been in those shoes where like I've I've done that and now I can do that and things that people probably think take hours take like yeah. an hour it's really quick but it's only come from practicing and yeah. And from trying to work out what I love making and what I would yeah. want to make for the rest of my life kind of thing um mm-hmm. and you, you don't know unless you don't practice unfortunately like you're not just yeah. going to be able to see something do one illustration and be like yeah that's that's for me you have to kind of yeah. test these different areas and experience these different sides of design mm-hmm. and it's kind of like filter out what you hate doing and find what yeah. you you really love doing which is it's, it's hard it, it, it takes time and practice and experience but um if you, even if you can devote like half an hour a day just to do something that's mm-hmm. not uh you're nine to five it's something creative that you like doing outside of work by the time six months in you've yeah. kind of packed in a lot of time and yeah. you've seen find yourself ex- excelling in those skills yeah that's I really value people like yourself who talk about that or people who even show their process online because there's so many yeah. factors around us in our environment now where it feels like these skills are instant or this must have taken this person minutes yeah, but sometimes yeah. you you don't know but it's really interesting to hear your goal settings I think mm. that's something that I learned whilst I was at uni that was really important yeah. because I am so bad for being someone with high expectations of myself mm. if you don't get something right or it doesn't look right within the first try it's really difficult to pick yourself yeah. back up 
yeah it's hard setting lower expectations and thinking oh I actually did that it gives you more confidence and it's just a bit ironic that I go that far to go yeah high expectation it's why do I do that (laughs) yeah I, I think it's like it's perfectly natural and you have got to remember that although it might take that designer an hour to do it they've spent three years getting to that position yeah. where it can they can only take an hour yeah and it would have taken them three or four hours previously so um you have got to, especially when you're a younger designer you've got to remember that like this is still so early for you um mm-hmm. you know I've, I've been out of uni since uh I don't know when uh since 2012 2013 now so over 10 years mm-hmm. and I've only just found my feet in the last two years as to what I really like doing and that yeah. was just after trying these different things and practicing and mm. uh, it's not it's never going to come overnight it's <laughs> it's a harsh like sort of fact of reality it's not going to come yeah. overnight it's going to take you what time it is mm. but it's yeah. worth it it's worth it that's reassuring um <laughs> i i did want to ask you about that if um your interest and your passion kind of always change because I only kind of found what I really enjoy probably in the last year or so. Yeah. So I wondered if that is always evolving for you or you always knew that design was for you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of still changing. Like I still, even now, I still have days like where I do wonder, like, am, am I really going to still be doing this in yeah. like 10 years? Like, is this something I can do that long term? Yeah. Um. But then I kind of just sort of zone out of that and focus on on the now and what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, things always used to kind of change for me because like I didn't know what I wanted to do with design. Like I, I only knew I wanted to do design because I felt like it was the only thing I was actually good at in yeah. terms of my education. Yeah. Um, whereas I didn't have like the arithmetic skills. I didn't have sort of the, the language skills or anything like that. And I didn't want to do stuff that was, uh, I don't know, I'd say really like mind intensive, but what I do now is kind of my heavy sort of like takes a lot of thinking about in its own right. So, um, so yeah, I used to sort of flick around and, and try and think of different things I wanted to do. Like, do I really want to do design? Like, oh, maybe I want to be in advertising. So I did mm-hmm. year of advertising at university and hated it. Tried yeah. motion design originally, did, hated that. Fell into logo design and, and web design and all these things. And each time it was like, I don't like this, don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like illustrating. Like, uh, can I really make a career of that? Like, when I can barely sort of illustrate a character, do really sort of simple illustrations, and yeah. I can illustrate type. And yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of how it evolves. And mm. I guess you just sort of like fall into that sort of comfort zone of of what you like creating and where you where you want to be really um but it still just changed like I look at sort of styles I used to do like two years ago and I still use some of those sort of Mm -hmm. the sort of ideas of design styles that I used back then but you can see how sort of things have evolved and Mm -hmm. your sort of taste change and your processes change and it's quite refreshing to look back on sort of your old work from a few years ago and see you know you've actually come quite far Mm. yeah Something I've been asking everybody so far is um, what would you tell your younger self? That um, <laughs> you don't just stop kind of worrying about uh, about having this really kind of award-winning design career for like a really good agency. <laughs> like that's kind of not how it's, it's going to be for everybody. Like yeah. practice your own craft and, and keep, like for me keep working out what it is that you kind of want to do and 
try these like experience all these different sides of designing until you mm-hmm. find that one thing that actually kind of works for you um and you, you know when you find it you just you just know it's just something that comes naturally mm-hmm. and it flows and um yeah don't, don't don't kind of let it put you down which is mm-hmm. something I used to be really guilty of being too harsh on myself about not doing well when in fact you probably are doing well you just need someone else's point of view to show you that yeah definitely this one seems to catch everybody out because it's not <laughs> something that we probably really think about. Um, but is there something that you might like to tell your older self, future Matt? Uh, yeah, definitely. Tr- don't work as many hours as you are <laughs> right now. Even if even if you get some really cool projects out of it, uh, take give yourself some uh, some downtime because mm. I'm really guilty of working all day in the evenings weekends uh, whenever I'm alone or my partner's not here I find it easy to just jump on the computer and start making stuff instead of just relaxing and staying away from the screen um because you've got to look after yourself especially things like your eyes got to look after your eyes now I'm getting older and 10 years (laughs) down the line if I don't look after my eyes it's going to affect my career it's going to affect my livelihood yeah so look after yourself (laughs) very very good advice for yourself (laughs) Yeah, which I don't do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt, for taking part. No problem. In your honesty is it's really valued and appreciated. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Matt for joining me in this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. It was full of great advice. Be sure to follow on all of our socials to get regular updates and I'll see you next time.